Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We want you to have your way. Amen. Hallelujah. Why don't you just keep that going all across this place? We love you, Lord. We magnify you, Jesus. Forever 
your hands and praise Him right now. Hallelujah. God, you're worthy. Hallelujah, we praise you today. There's nobody like you in all the earth. Hallelujah. Your kingdom is over all the kingdoms of this world. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. There's nobody like you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The whole earth is full of your glory. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, everyone. So the other day, I wanted to share some M&Ms with the boys. I opened up a brand new package, so they both got about 10 to 12 pieces each. After they ate on their M&Ms for just a few minutes, I asked them if I could have one. Now, I didn't want to do this initially. I wanted them to wait and I wanted them to eat a few pieces just to see how it would feel after knowing that they only had, you know, five or six pieces left. So after I asked each one of them, can mommy have a piece? Surprisingly, they both said yes and they handed me one. Now don't let it fool you because it doesn't always happen. It was just a, you know, a spur of the moment thing and they were both okay with it. Usually at least one of them will say, no, this is mine or I only have one left or, but mommy, you know, you can have some later. So if you think about it, this is a lot like tithing and giving in general across the board. So when God gives to us, he provides for us through our job or through our income of any sort. Sometimes if we wait and if we don't give God what he, what he is owed initially, sometimes it's hard for us. It's hard for us to be left with just a small portion of that and then to say, okay, God, now this part is yours. So if you think of the scripture, Proverbs 3 and 9, it says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the fruitfulness of your crops. And notice the word fruitfulness. Not only does God first symbolize that he is number one in our lives, but it's also easier. It's easier to give to God when he is number one. And when you don't have to think, I only have this much left of what God has given me. If you give to God first, it will be easy to do everything else. So here are a few easy ways to give with no physical contact today in service. By texting GIVE, G-I-V-E, to the phone number 502-200-8425. You can also give in person by dropping your envelope with your offering in the offering bowl before you leave. You can also text any amount to the number 84321, for example, 50 to 84321.
Oh 
Can you just lift up your voice right now to him? Hallelujah. Lord, we need you, God. Our world needs you. Our communities need you. Our families need you. Hallelujah. God, we cry out to you today. Hallelujah. We cry out to you, not just for ourselves, but God, for our world. We cry out to you for our nation. We cry out to you for our state, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Say, Lord, hear our cry. Lord, hear our cry. Come heal our land. Bring life into these dry and thirsty Why don't you pray that right now? Just pray, God, heal 
our land. Forgive our sin. Come on, lift up your hands and your voices and pray right now with us. Hallelujah. God, we need you. Forgive us, Lord. We repent, Lord. We humble ourselves. We turn to you, God. Lord, we acknowledge that we're sinners. Hear us from heaven today, God. Heal our land. Come on, cry out to him right now. forgive us. We need you to cleanse us, God. We need your power to fall. We need healing for our land. Oh, hear us. Hear us from heaven. Come on, let's just turn this whole place into a prayer room right now. Come on, we need to talk to God. Hallelujah. Hear us from heaven, Lord. God, we can't fix it. Only you can. God, heal our land. Hear us from heaven. Oh, yes. Hear us from heaven. Hear us from heaven today, God. Hear us from heaven. We know that you're listening. We know that you hear us. Hear us from heaven. Hear us from heaven. Hear us from heaven. church. 
We need you in our city. We need you in our state. We need you in our nation, God. Oh, Lord, we cry out to you today. We cry out to you today. Hallelujah. Oh, God, if our world ever needed you, we need you today. We cry out to you, God. We need you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to just, from the bottom of my heart, I want to just tell each and every one of you, amen, how thankful I am that you're here today. And I'm so glad to be a part of this church. And uh, I want you to look around. I want you to notice that the church is setting an example. This church and other churches, but really this church today setting an example of how it's supposed to be done. Amen? Thank you for helping us do that. Amen? Not only are we setting an example with our recommendations and social distancing, but we're setting an example in the way that we love one another. Amen. Um, I'm so thankful that this church is not one race. Amen. I'm so thankful that we have multiple races and ethnicities and upbringings and cultures that call the crossroads their church. Amen. And we are so thankful that you are here. I'm going to let you be seated. Well, welcome, everybody. So glad that you have joined us today for uh, our brand new series, the Jesus series. We're going to be talking about Jesus over the next several weeks, and uh, I'm excited about what God is going to do during this series, and we are so glad that you have joined us. Uh, what an exciting uh, day to be alive. So much turmoil in our world, uh, but we get to be a part of what God is doing in this last day. And we get to draw closer to him, to learn more about him, to have experiences with him. Amen. And we're so glad that you have joined us today. Uh, I want to just take a moment and I want us to pray and I want us to ask God to uh, just speak to us here in the next few moments. Can you do that with me right now? Lord Jesus, thank you for the opportunity that we have to get into your word together. And God, we thank you for all that you have done and what you're getting ready to do in our lives. We pray, God, that you would move in a special way in the next few moments that you would touch us, that you would speak to us, God, and that you would help us to grow closer to you, to understand you more, Lord, and to apply your words and your principles to our lives. And God, we'll give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much uh, for being with us today. We are excited to have you with us today. So you might be saying a series about Jesus. I mean, Pastor, really? Uh, do you really think we don't know Jesus or something? Why would you want us to spend our valuable time talking about a subject that we already know? And the simple answer to that is because there's more to Jesus than you or I could ever understand in our lifetimes. So with so much going on in our world today, I want us to focus on Jesus. I want us to talk about Jesus. I want us to learn about Jesus and have real experiences with Jesus. It's dangerous for Christians uh, to think that they know all there is to know about Jesus and then quit pursuing Him. I mean, what could our lives look like if we pursued Jesus and we sought to know Him more than ever before? Think about it. We, we pursue a lot of things. We pursue careers. We pursue relationships. Uh, we, we pursue hobbies. Uh, we pursue different sports, different things that we really enjoy. 
but our number one priority of pursuit should be Jesus. I want more of Jesus, the old song says. Paul said it to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. In verse 2, he said, For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That means that Paul became more and more focused as time went on in his pursuit of Jesus and more knowledge and more understanding of Jesus. To the church at Philippi, Paul stated, that I may know him, Philippians 3, verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect. This is what he said, but I follow after that that if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. And he says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Do you see what Paul was saying just in those two uh, passages of scripture? Paul's number one goal was Jesus. The prize was Jesus, the journey was Jesus, and the destination was Jesus. So for this new series over the next few weeks, and I'm not sure how long it will be, but we are going to be seeking and pursuing Jesus in our time together like never before. And I I hope to uh, be inspiring you to pursue Jesus in your personal time now more than ever before. In this world that we live in, we need more of Jesus, not less of Jesus. And uh, I read a book recently by N.T. Wright, and he states this, and it was kind of stood out to me. Modern Western Christians are the same. We want a religious leader, not a king. We want someone to save our souls, not rule our world. Or if we want a king, someone to take charge of our world, what we want is someone to implement the policies we already embrace. But if Christians don't get Jesus right, he says, What chance is there that other people will bother much with with him? If Christians don't get Jesus right, then what chance is there that many other people will even ever bother with him? We are the light. We are the city that's set on a hill. People are watching us, and we need to have a close relationship with Jesus and be uh, uh, more in relationship with Jesus than ever before. Now is not the time for less of Jesus. Now is not the time to walk away and, and kind of do our own thing, but now is the time for us to get closer to Him than ever before. So let's start talking today about what Jesus was trying to accomplish as He walked on the earth. What was Jesus' objective? What was it just for, for to come and to die so that we could live in heaven with him for eternity? Is that, was that the point? Or could there have been more to Jesus' earthly ministry that maybe we've missed up to this point? See, the Jews wanted a king who was going to conquer Rome and overthrow uh, the Roman rule that was over them at the time and, and then set up a reign over all the worldly kingdoms around them. For hundreds of years, the Jews had been focused on battles and temples to establish their place in the world. And they were continually looking for a Messiah who would come and fulfill their expectations. That was their hope. That was their prayer. That was their goal. That was their reassurance to one another. The Messiah is coming. 
And the Jews had been conditioned to limiting God to a place. They had uh, learned how to uh, think of of him being part of the ark. They had uh, thought, well, God is in the ark of the covenant, or he's in the tabernacle in the wilderness, or he's in the temple. But in each of these cases, the thinking and the things had gotten corrupt and mishandled, and they had relied too much on the place. They had relied too much on uh, the, the, the location where they thought that God was. And so many of us today have wrong misconceptions about who Jesus is and what his kingdom or what the kingdom of God is all about. For most people, when you say the kingdom of God, they think of this mystical uh, medieval type of kingdom that is located in some otherworldly location like the setting of a Marvel movie or something. But that's just not the case. Jesus was trying to bring heaven to earth. He wanted to set up a kingdom that was not of this world. And he wanted to allow God to be in charge of the affairs of men again. Everything Jesus did was to point us to the kingdom. His stories, his miracles, his forgiveness, his love, his healing. Everything that Jesus did was pointing us to the kingdom of God coming to the earth. So today I want to focus on one area specifically about this. I want to talk to you about what it looks like when God takes charge on earth as it is in heaven. And so this is what we're going to do. Let's look at Jesus as the Son of Man through forgiveness and healing. In Mark chapter 2, if you have your Bibles or you would like to follow along, we will read Mark 2, 1 through 12. And this story is about Jesus coming to, uh, staying in Capernaum. And he enters again, the scripture says, into Capernaum after some days. And it was noise that he was in the house. Most people think that this is Peter's house if you go back to uh, Mark chapter 1. And straightway many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him bringing one sick of the palsy which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there was a certain, uh, there was certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies? Blasphemies. Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, arise and take up thy bed and walk, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath both power on earth to forgive sins, he saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise and take up thy bed and go uh, thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose and took up the bed and went before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. According to the Gospels, uh, it appears that this is one of the very first times that Jesus publicly refers to himself as the Son of Man. Why did he say the Son of Man? Why did he call himself the Son of Man? Was Jesus trying to identify that he was human, born of the Virgin Mary? Or was he referring maybe to the great prophecy in Daniel chapter 7 
that was being fulfilled in Jesus, the Son of Man. Verse 14 uh, of Daniel 7 says, Unto him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. In short, I think Jesus was saying to those who had ears to hear, these Jews who were listening and knew well the prophecies of the coming Messiah, that Jesus was the coming one. He was the Messiah. And what he was doing was setting up God's kingdom on earth. So what's the point, you might ask? Well, Jesus uses this opportunity that we read about in Mark chapter 2 to those who could understand and to those who he could demonstrate the kingdom of God to. The Son of Man was the promised Messiah that would set up a kingdom that would not be destroyed. And so Jesus, when he said, so that you know the Son of Man has this power, what is, what is Jesus saying? It's one of the first times he calls himself Son of Man publicly. And he shows the priority of the kingdom and that he forgave first and then he healed. Jesus' goal in delivering us from sin and from spiritual death is to set up his kingdom in our lives. Yes, Jesus wants to heal you. Yes, Jesus wants to make you whole. But you will never truly be whole. You will never truly be completely healed. If the sin of sickness, if the sickness of sin, I'm sorry, is allowed to remain. And so Jesus demonstrated the kingdom and his forgiveness of this man and then his healing. The kingdom of God is come unto you. Amen. The kingdom of God was being brought to the earth. Heaven was touching earth in Jesus Christ. What did it mean maybe to the friends of this man that had brought him? They were desperate enough to take a chance on very unacceptable behavior. They were tearing off a section of the roof, literally forcing the issue with Jesus because they knew Jesus would heal him. In Mark's gospel, it tells us when he saw, when Jesus saw their faith in verse 5. What a powerful statement, right? That this man was not only going to be healed, but because he was thrust into the presence of Jesus, Jesus forgives his sins. This, I would say, underscores the importance of our faith. Do we really come to church believing that God will heal, that he will save, that he will deliver? Or do we just come to church? Do we just turn on live stream and watch church uh, expecting something to happen? Or are we sitting casually and nonchalantly and thinking, well, I, I'm going to do this because I need a little Jesus in my life today. Amen. If so, I would say we need to adjust our thinking. We need to change our mindset a little bit. We need to pursue Jesus because if we'll come to church believing, amen, if we'll turn on the, the, the church live stream believing God's going to heal, God's going to save, he will deliver, then things are going to happen because with their faith, amen, Jesus said, I, I see your faith. And he said, I'm going to take your faith and this is what's going to happen. Amen. Our faith mixed with the presence of Jesus has powerful results. Many people 
just attend church. They've already been saved. They've already been made whole in their opinion. And so they come out of duty. They come out of respect. They come out of obligation. But what would happen if we started coming and we started bringing friends and we started bringing family members in and it was our faith that was bringing us knowing something was going to happen. Amen. We had prayed about it. We had fasted about it. We had our mind made up that when we got there, something was going to happen. What did it mean to this man? The man was you know, had no way of getting himself to Jesus. His condition was palsy. Uh, the, the disease, according to the ISB Encyclopedia, which is the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia, the disease is one characterized by the extreme loss of power, of motion, dependent on some affection, either of the motor centers of the brain or of the spinal cord. It's always serious. It's usually uh, intractable and generally sudden in onset. And so this man, basically, we would say today, we would say this man was paralyzed. He was completely paralyzed. He had some things that I think that we should notice, though. First of all, I think we should notice that this man had friends. Generally, people uh, in his condition would become the social outcast because of their extreme dependence on others. People just got tired of putting up with them. They would just give them money or they would uh, try to help them a little bit, but they got tired of messing with them. And so the, the fact that this man had friends, maybe this was a condition of paralysis that he had had from birth, or maybe it was something that had recently come upon him. We don't know for sure. But whatever the case, we understand this man's perceived problem was not the one that Jesus dealt with first. Jesus knows where you are. Jesus knows exactly what you need, and he wants to meet that need. Some, some food for thought for you today. What if this man's own sin had brought on the paralysis to his body? And Jesus had to deal with the sin before dealing with the sickness. What if it was something this man had done or said or thought, maybe uh, something that had invited a curse upon his life, and when he did, paralysis set in? I don't know, but I can just tell you right now that Jesus, with this man, with this specific instance that we read where he said the Son of Man not only has power to heal, but also to forgive sins, I, I would just ask you, are you paralyzed right now? Maybe you've been paralyzed for a long time. Maybe it's just been here recently, but you can't function. You can't move correctly, whether it be physically or emotionally or spiritually. You need someone to help you get into the presence of Jesus. Today, I would encourage you to seek those people out. Keep those people in your life that pray, that fast, that get close to God, and that can get you into the presence of Jesus. We need more people, amen, that are pursuing Jesus in their personal lives to stay in our lives. Amen? So what did it mean to the crowd? What did it mean to those standing around? Most of the crowd would have understood. They were Jews. Most of them would have understood what Jesus was saying when he calls himself the Son of Man. They knew the prophecies. They had heard about the Messiah and the coming one. They knew what Daniel had spoken. The scribes and the Pharisees would use this incident, and they would use many more to build a case against Jesus of blasphemy. Blasphemy being claiming him claiming to be God or from God. And the only reason that they weren't able to take him by force earlier is because of the miracles, the love, and the excitement of the people surrounding Jesus. So the friends and the other townspeople 
at the sight of Jesus healing this man. They probably cheered this miracle. They were probably excited and, and celebrating this miracle. But I think they might have been a little bit surprised by the forgiveness portion. Many times we think we understand what people really need. We think we have a good idea of what people are all about, but Jesus knows better than we do. This man would eventually die. So his healing in this story is just a temporary fix to his, his current situation. But Jesus was showing that the forgiveness of sin was vital for him to be made completely whole. We find in other places and other stories where Jesus uh, heals somebody and then he forgives their sin. And I, I would just uh, say that uh, if you have healing in your body, but you don't receive the forgiveness of sin or you don't put sin out of your life, you are missing out on the chance to be made completely whole. The Romans in this crowd would have probably been amazed and they might have been even a little intimidated to see such power demonstrated in a loving and gentle way. They would probably not have understood all of what Jesus was saying because it tied into Jewish prophetical speak, but no doubt they would have taken notice of the miracle in front of them. And I like to think too maybe about the homeowner. Uh, can you imagine having the most amazing gathering at your house? Having the talk of the town in the middle of your living room and all of a sudden people start breaking up your roof. Stuff starts falling from the ceiling and I'm sure there was some aggravation. But afterward, there would have been amazement and gratefulness because of the inconvenience and the incredible absurdity of the situation. Now his house would be talked about for days and years and generations to come. Were you there? Do you remember when stuff started falling from the ceiling? Do you, do you, did you see the looks on the Pharisees' faces when he forgave the sins? That was at Peter's house. That's if you agree with the thinking of what Mark 1.29 and 2.1 are referring to, that it was Peter's house. Or, or maybe it was if it wasn't Peter's house, it was so-and-so's house if you don't. But either way, this house became a popular place because of what took place that day and because of who was in the house. So what does this all mean for us today to see Jesus as the Son of Man? He was identifying that I am here to set up a kingdom and this is what the kingdom is going to look like. God is going to be in charge. Amen. When God is in charge, sin has to go. Amen. And when God is in charge, sickness has to go and disease has to leave and paralysis will be taken care of. What does it mean for us? And what do we learn about Jesus maybe that we didn't know before? I would say today that uh, as we close, the kingdom of Jesus, the kingdom of God, Jesus was setting up, was an everlasting kingdom. It was establishing things to be on earth just as they were in heaven. Jesus healed people, but the, the forgiveness and the separating people from their sins was his main objective. Jesus came, the scripture says, and his purpose was to save people from their sins, not just so that they could go to heaven, but so that they could have heaven on earth, so that they could have, amen, the kingdom of God in their everyday lives. And I would say that to you today, through Jesus, forgiveness is our primary need. We need to forgive and we need to be forgiven because only through forgiveness are we truly free. We are seeing so much 
hatefulness. We are seeing so much anger, so much frustration played out in our world. And I will tell you that the answer is forgiveness. We need to repent. We need to be forgiven. We need to see God move upon the hearts and lives of all men, of all races, of all colors, of all upbringings. We need to see forgiveness and forgiveness has the power, amen, as we are separated from our sinfulness, as we are separated, amen, from our, our ambitions and our pride and our, uh, our, our, our uh, segregation that we have the, the forgiveness and the mercy of God that flows freely in our lives. We need, amen, Jesus to set up his kingdom through us on earth as it is in heaven. And the only way that that's going to happen is if forgiveness and healing flow from us. If you're paralyzed today by fear, if you're paralyzed by anger, by frustration, by unforgiveness, amen, you need to be in the presence of Jesus. I would say this to you today. There are those of you that you really, uh, it would be in your best interest to take a break from news. It would be in your best interest to take a break from social media. It would be in your best interest to focus your attention on the word of God. On, just get into the gospel. Start reading about Jesus. Start thinking about Jesus. Start spending your time focusing on pursuing Jesus more because if you're paralyzed by fear, by anger, by frustration, by hatred, by unforgiveness, you need to be in the presence of Jesus. Amen. Jesus was showing that when you get into the presence, the son of man, the Messiah, amen, the king was here and he was setting up his kingdom and he healed and he forgave. Amen. And it's so important for us to understand if you're paralyzed right now, if there are things that are not making sense in your world and, and your world seems turned upside down, I would say to you today, get into the presence of Jesus. You've got to get into his presence. Amen. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. Amen. At his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. I want to tell you today, amen, just get into the presence of Jesus. Every sin can be forgiven. Every sickness can be healed. Amen. If you are going through through something right now and you're not sure how to get out, why don't you attach yourself to some people who know how to get to the presence of Jesus, amen, and go there together. Hallelujah, the Son of Man, amen, the Son of Man, so that you know, Jesus said, that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he says to the sick of the palsy, amen, I want to tell some of you, amen, he has power to forgive sins, I want to tell you that are watching, that are hearing me today, amen, he has power to heal, he has power to save and deliver. And you're in the right place. You are watching the right sermon today because God is speaking to you. He wants you to pursue him more than ever before. Not the hatred and the, the, all the, the things that are going on in this world that will distract you from what's really important. But he wants you to focus on him. Amen. Because when we focus on Jesus and we turn our eyes upon Jesus and we look full in his wonderful face. Amen. It has a way of refocusing us on what's really important. Jesus is setting up his kingdom, amen, on earth as it is in heaven. You might look around at all the stuff going on in our world and say, that can't be possible. It's possible in your life. It's possible in my life, amen. It's possible in our families if we'll focus on Jesus Christ and we'll let everything else take a back seat.
So right now, I want to just ask you to take some time and pray. I want you to seek after God, and I want you to say uh, to, to Him whatever's on your heart. And I want you to draw closer to Him and, and make a commitment right now to pursue Him more than ever before. Allow Him to speak into your life in the next few moments. Thank you so much for being with us today. Let me pray as we uh, uh, let you go today. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for what you're doing in our hearts and lives. I pray, God, that even through this broadcast, you would speak to your people. And God, that you would draw us all closer to you than ever before. That we would hear you clearly, God. That we would follow your word and your ways in our life. And God, that we would pursue you more than ever before. God, I want you to move in a mighty way this week on us. And help us to become everything you want us to be. Help us to take one step, at least, God, in the right direction to be who you want us to be. And God, we will give you the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for helping us improve our live stream experience. We look forward to seeing you in person very soon. May God bless you.